The Protectors of the Wood episode series, episode number five, The Root Cavern. A walkway outlined in stone ran down the middle of the hall. The pale, curving walls on the right and left sides seemed far away, Dripping stalactites, like icicles six and seven feet long, appeared near the edges, unexpectedly white in the light of the mapstick. Abby realized that the outline of the walkway was made of stalactites broken from the ceiling and laid down end to end. Some clear surfaces on the curve of the walls and ceiling were adorned with artwork or writing in a deep red color. The walkway opened at intervals, with paths running off to the right and left. She was tempted to wander around the hall in amazement, but she was certain that Wendy had a particular destination in mind for this adventure, and the hallway did not feel like the final goal. Indeed, that final goal might be far off. Somehow Abby had to get through the whole journey in one day. She felt sure Wendy would have made other preparations if she'd planned a night underground. So Abby marched ahead, and Wendy followed, both without speaking. At the far end, the sides and the ceiling narrowed together into a bottleneck. Stalactites covered the small, final opening like a curtain, with long icicles broken off in the middle to provide space for two people to walk close together. The setup of the hallway appeared to be designed for a procession of people marching two by two, heading to some goal further underground. The passageway beyond was narrow and curved steeply downhill. The stone and clay surface was slippery, but free of obstacles. The walls were pale and smooth, with traces of soot on the ceiling Abby imagined a file of people carrying torches long ago. She looked for signs of recent activity, but only felt like an intruder into the deep well of history. After a long downhill stretch, the tunnel leveled off into a smooth hallway free of obstructions. They covered a fair distance in little time. A cramped passage branched off in a hard left turn but all signs pointed to keeping a straight course, and Abby led the way forward. Soon the hallway became another cavern, as wide and as high. Colors appeared like jewels in the dome of the ceiling. The red stick figures and pictures appeared once again on the walls. Abby hurried on. At the end of the cavern, two paths opened to the right and left. Following the model of the endlessly complex system of caves and tunnels in her mind, Abby knew that the passageway on the left was the designated route for the ancient procession, despite being the smaller of the two. Making a quick comparison, she saw that the ground was hard-packed and the stone was smooth to the left. The right-hand path had loose stones and stalactites in the way. But there was something intriguing about the right-hand tunnel. It did not seem to be clearly defined in the model in her mind. Somehow its existence and destination were vague, fuzzy, obscure. 
and Abby became aware of faint noises, the sound of muttering far away. It was the same eerie sound she had heard once before and had the same dreamlike feel to it, as if she were slipping into sleep. Her curiosity was aroused. She shook herself and began to concentrate on this strange challenge. Moving closer, she thrust the mapstick through the stalactites, and the light shone down a winding tunnel that cut off her vision after a short distance. That's not for you today. Maybe. Maybe someday. But definitely not today. But what is it? For now, just take my word for it. You've got a full plate. Don't ruin it by adding more. Abby stepped back and felt the mapstick pulling her toward the left. In relief, she walked quickly through the narrow opening. The very low ceiling forced her to duck at times, and the panic of claustrophobia returned. The tunnel slowly became smaller and smaller until there was room for only one person ducking low. Suddenly, the path ahead seemed to drop off a cliff. Abby stood near the edge and held the mapstick forward to see. It looked as if the floor of the tunnel had collapsed, perhaps endless years ago. A strong, cool breeze smelling of water rose up from the open space beyond. She carefully inched her way as far as she dared and saw stones and clay falling steeply into the darkness below. She knew their destination was down in that deep unknown. Wendy stood by her side without speaking. Abby held the mapstick further out over the void. As they leaned out, staring into space, they could see that the collapsed floor ran down a slope of rocks and clay at an angle of perhaps 45 degrees. The stone was not sheer and vertical, but in smaller pieces, more like a landslide. These stones provided very irregular steps, it was a dangerous path, but not impossible. Abby sat on the edge of the cliff and tested a first step with her sneaker. The rubber sole was firmly held by a rough stone. A voice inside told her to turn around and descend facing the stones as a person would climb down a ladder. But I won't be able to see what's below me. You'll be able to feel it. And by the way, You've still got the twine in your pocket. Ah, thank you. 
and she proceeded to tie the mapstick to her belt, as she had done the day before. And so, with a sigh and a prayer, she slid over the edge on her stomach. Her feet caught the first ledge, as she desperately leaned forward, keeping a grip on whatever she could hold. The stones were not loose. Chunks of limestone and hard clay made a rough but stable surface. Abby took another step, swinging her foot in the air and feeling for the next foothold. Above her, she sensed Wendy beginning her descent. How can she do it? She's old, very old. Downward they went, losing track of time. The sound of rushing water surrounded them. The wind was chilly. They had entered a different world of smells and atmosphere. Abby dared not look, but concentrated on one foothold at a time. Then she felt for a new step and found herself standing on a solid floor. A long and uneven passageway stretched out ahead. It was oval in shape with irregular gray walls that expanded and contracted into narrow openings. Abby and Wendy sat on their heels for a few minutes without speaking, and then, as if aware of each other's thoughts, they rose together and marched side by side. Despite the strange tendency to balloon outward and then come to a narrow bottleneck, the way was straight, smooth, and easy. The splashing noise of a whitewater stream increased until Abby expected the rapids to cross their path any minute. The wind at their backs increased, and the temperature fell. Coming to a very narrow opening, the noise became a crashing din. They stepped carefully through a round hole with the wind whipping them from behind. Suddenly, the nature of the way changed completely. The path became a wide ledge on the shore of a roaring, echoing stream that entered their tunnel from the left, pouring down swift and boiling rapids. The glow of the mapstick sparkled as if the water itself gave off a silver-blue light. Spray soaked the stone around them and splashed under their faces and clothes. They sprang forward and soon were walking easily along a stream running quickly between their ledge and the far side of the tunnel. The water turned dark as the riverbed grew narrower and deeper. Beads of moisture covered the rocks on the ceiling and all sides of the tunnel, reflecting a dazzling silver light. Where is this going to end? Abby hadn't a clue. Their eventual destination might be around the next bend or miles off. The voice at the back of her mind was not speaking. It seemed that only the light of the mapstick and the presence of Wendy were holding her to some shred of reality. Otherwise, she felt close to Hades, the land of the dead and the lost souls. Her teeth were chattering. She grabbed a sweater from Wendy. Looking down the stream, she was shocked to see the water disappearing. It simply vanished a few yards ahead. The noise changed and echoed from a distance. The passageway forked into two tunnels. 
their rocky ledge bent to the right, and the river plunged down a deep gorge and disappeared. The noise and vibration rumbled far beneath them. Soon their tunnel was dry and sloped upward. The way ahead expanded into a hallway, with stalactites growing from the ceiling on both sides, dripping into stalagmites growing up from the floor. At times the two met and formed thick pillars from floor to ceiling. Abby was relieved to notice broken stalactites over their heads. Clearly humans were maintaining this path. It must be good for something. And soon the ceiling rose and the hallway became wider and wider. Gemstones, minerals, crystals of all kinds glistened around them. And the blue of dreamstone flashed among the rainbow of colors. Sometimes stones as large as basketballs shone from the walls. Abby tried to stop and stare, but Wendy urgently pushed her forward. Now, this is not for you. Keep your eyes ahead. No resting now. The hallway continued to expand above and on both sides. Suddenly a walkway appeared ahead of them, a path defined by two seemingly endless rows of stalactites broken from the ceiling and laid end to end. The path widened, and the cavern continued to expand until it was so enormous that Abby was completely overwhelmed. She could not take another step. Wendy allowed her a moment to get her bearings. Whoa, I can't believe it. That ceiling is like the sky. An army could assemble in here. Look at the colors. Look at the dreamstone. Oh my god, this is why you're laughing at me. I have such little faith. I underestimate the universe at every turn. The light of the map stick grew in power as they entered the cavern. Moonlight seemed to cover the vast areas ahead of them. The walls were smooth for the lower 20 or 30 feet, and then irregular with stalactites as the upper walls curved into an immense domed ceiling. The smooth lower area of the walls was covered with reddish drawings, like letters or tiny pictures with a meaning. There were stick figures, swirls, abstract shapes of all kinds, some recognizable to Abby from the carvings on the map stick. She realized that the culture that created the drawings had also created the map stick. A fork in the path became a curving stalactite-lined avenue, making a circle around the entire cavern. They took the right-hand way. Abby was stunned by the continual multitude of dark red drawings on pale stone, outlined into countless squares or rectangles, about two or three feet in length and width. They were piled up on one another like blocks. The effect was overwhelming. She turned away and gazed toward the middle of this cathedral-like space. A large gray stone platform, carved into the form of a circle, occupied the center of the cavern. Abby wandered hesitantly toward it. The glow of the map stick shone brightly on the upper half of a highly polished sphere of dreamstone, resting in a nest 
carved in the stone platform. This blue globe was perhaps six feet high, but only the top three or four feet were visible. A circular stone bench closely surrounded the platform. Oh my, is that something for me today? Wendy had continued walking along the avenue around the immense hallway. Abby hurried to catch up. At the far end, they arrived at a high stone table, like an altar as big as a large car. The smooth gray stone was hollowed out below, creating a space about four feet square. Abby noticed a deep hole about the width of a finger in the middle of the table, surrounded by an ever-widening spiral design carved into the stone. Wendy continued walking. Abby resisted the urge to ask questions. Only the soft padding of their footsteps and the silent sound of rushing water echoed through the cavern. They completed the long circle and stopped back at the entrance. So... Abby was shocked by the strange echo of her voice. I do feel ashamed to have doubted you, but what is this? What was it for? What should I do? What it was for then, and what it's for now, are the same. Even though, in times long past, we would be many people, perhaps twenty or thirty, mostly young people like yourself. This is the Root Cavern, a root of the World Tree, a place to see the Vision Stone and the flame rise from the table. Today, we mostly use that flame above ground. But then, it was a miracle for special occasions, as far as we know. The leaders would create a sort of balloon of water and decomposing material under the table. And over time, enough biogas would accumulate to allow them to light a tall flame for the ceremony. A flame that would fill this whole room with light. When the flame rose, the coming of age ceremony would begin with young men and women looking into the stone and then adding drawings of their experience on the walls. This is something for you. If you wish it, you're coming of age, changing from a child into a person with responsibility for our world. Hopefully, you will see something the spirit is asking of you. What spirit is that? The soul of this world. Wisdom, the spirit of life, with a message for you today. Later on, sometime in the perhaps distant future, you may hear from the sky, the spirit of the universe. But right now, we are interested in our responsibility for the future of life on Earth. Sophia says, those who find me, find life. All things reach out for the sunlight. The hand of life.
How do you know all of this? We can talk about it tomorrow. Right now, you must choose. I will fade into the background. If you choose to look into the stone and want to add your message to the wall, I have red paint and the short brushes we use to draw. I will be back at the entrance. You have more than an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Then we return. Isn't this too much for me? Can I handle all this? But after asking the question, Abby was thinking. Maybe there is a road ahead for me. Maybe I haven't failed. I have to at least try. She nodded to Wendy and continued along the avenue back the way she had come. Abby needed some shred of understanding from the pictures. What can they mean? I'm not familiar with any of this. The bewildering throng of irregular squares full of dense writing sent her mind whirling. How do I participate in this? The voice in her mind was speaking. Follow Wendy's directions, one thing at a time, and there is only so much time. Thanks for listening. Episode number six is coming soon. To hear all the episodes, please go to our website, www.protectorsofthewood.com.
children. 